I have an important question. Go ahead. What is Brittany doing with her life? Who? Brittany. Brittany who? Spears. What is she doing with her career? Why do we care at this point? Welcome to the Pipeline award-winning podcast. I am your host, Jason Gibbs. You can find me at Twitter, at Pipeline underscore, and you can find me right now swimming through your ear canals. What a historic, maybe epic show we have for you tonight. Just unbelievably mind-blowing things, but I can't take another step without bringing in my partner in crime, partner in creed, if you will. My main man, KSD, you'll find him at Pregame Empire on Twitter. KSD, your thoughts about tonight? Well, see, uh, Jason, if you're going to call me your partner in Creed, I think that means I have to match your knowledge of uh, the band Creed. And <laughs> I don't know if there's anybody on earth who is, who is capable of doing that. And that, that person, if that person exists, is definitely not me. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's get some, let's air out some dirty laundry. Now, people are going to say, hey, did you do this show because you're Scott Stapp's biological son? And I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. I am a capital P podcaster. I have integrity. I'm sticking with it. There are very few people on earth that can do what we're about to do. And we happen to be those two people because here's what we're doing tonight. Big show. People are going to say, you know, you remember where you're at during a historic event, maybe the birth of your child. And you're going to remember where you're at when you hear this podcast, because we are counting down the top 25 AP teams, college football teams, as if they were Creed songs. I should have told you to sit down. I should have told you to take a breath. But (laughs) we are going to straight to the top. I know somewhere Scott Stapp, the lead singer of Creed, is going to hear this, have a smile on his face, and then go right to his night shift at Denny's. But (laughs) let's start. At the beginning, at the, at the, let's count them up, I guess, you know, down, up, whatever you, whatever you want to say. And we're going to start by going with number 25, BYU Cougars. For me, the Creed song that best represents the BYU Cougars is To Whom It May Concern. Why? This is a song about a guy who really cherishes his freedom. And when you think about freedom, when you think about college and you think about freedom, you have to think about BYU, right? They're drowning in freedom in BYU. Some might even say soaking in it. I'm not going to go that far, but BYU, to whom it may concern, a great way to kick us off. Oh, God. Jason, I thought we were going to make it through a BYU segment without mentioning of uh, of specific activities that involve a little condensation. So uh, thank you for for bringing that up. Hey, we're we're off with a bang. I mean, we we, got to ring it in right. And so we're going to do BYU to whom it may concern. Number 24, Houston. Is Houston this year's Cincinnati? Do they have hopes, dreams, delusions of grandeur, making the college football playoff? Maybe, but then we remember who their head coach is, Dana Holgerson. And that's why (laughs) their Creed song is, what's this life for? It's a song about questioning existence, questioning your place in life. What is this all for? And when you have these high hopes and and you have these, these dreams of making it big, if you're Houston, and then you got Dana Holgerson, who's sweating out pure tequila on the sideline, coming off a four-day bender, probably lost over a hundred grand in gambling. That's you're really going to start questioning your life. You're you're going to start questioning, what am I doing? What is this all for? Why did I get so excited about this when the man 
pulling the strings is like I said, a hundred grand in a hole and, and sweating out pure tequila. The, the, the casino and Red Bull, that, that's what the life is for, for Dana Holgerson there, brother. Before, before I, uh, I talk about number 23 Cincinnati, I just want to, to preface our audience with, with my exposure to, to the band Creed here and, and where I'm coming from on a, on a, on a Creed, I guess, literacy, Creed awareness level. So I, I am 23 years old. Now, that if you could do the math here, that lines up pretty much perfectly with the, the time of Creed's, uh, you know, rot rise to prominence here, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, pretty much all of their major albums, besides like the one they did in 09, came out before I was the age of four years old. Now, obviously, I'm aware of your know, songs like like Higher, you know, some of the, the more, uh, you know, famous hits. I'm aware of the Dallas Cowboys Thanksgiving halftime show, of course, obviously. Um, but that's where I'm coming from from a Creed standpoint is I learned pretty much all these songs that weren't like with arms wide open or higher or, you know, any other more famous ones in about the last 24 hours. So I've been on a Creed crash course lately and not going to lie to you. I'm ready to get this over with so I can take a break from listening to Creed. But with, uh, with, with that being said, number 23 Cincinnati uh, coming up on the list that the song I picked for them is one and there's a real simple explanation for why I picked the song one. If you look at the schedule here, Cincinnati opens at number 19, Arkansas. Now, I only expect Cincinnati to stay into this in this ranking for one week in the in the month of September. That is the opening weekend. Uh, I know, spoiler alert, football, actual football knowledge coming this way. I'm picking Arkansas to beat Cincinnati. But that's why I picked the song one. They're only going to be here for a week. Number twenty-two on uh, on the countdown, Wake Wake Forest. <laughs> not a not a usual suspect here in um in the uh, the AP top twenty-five, really ever at all when it comes to football, but especially uh, in the preseason. I went with my own prison for Wake Forest. Now you know this song is about you know somebody who has created. It talks over and over again. The, the lyrics go, "I've created my own prison." You know, and Wake Forest is, is in their own prison, partially of their making, partially not, because they picked bad friends like a hundred years ago. Wake Forest is probably the worst positioned power conference school for for making it into one of the two eventual super conferences for two reasons: one, because they aren't already in the SEC or Big Ten. Just looking at you, Vanderbilt, Northwestern. Two, because they're the smallest power conference school by, by enrollment. They're tiny. They have no, no, no alumni base and so no, no TV dollars. So because of that, they're stuck in their own prison, which is the ACC, with no hope of ever uh, becoming one of the big boys. Uh, once Again, once the big boys are concentrated into two groups. Number 21, Ole Miss. This one's very simple. I chose Are You Ready for Ole Miss? Because when Ole Miss fans do their hotty toddy chant, they start by saying, Are You Ready? <laughs> Sweet and simple. Yeah. You know, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be great. I can't wait for the, the hottie toddy chance to start. Are you ready? Joey Freshwater on the sideline. Love it. How about Kentucky? Kentucky, you know, we, we talked a little bit them last time on our award-winning podcast, but for Kentucky, I'm going way, way off the radar. Bread of shame. Kentucky is bread of shame. Why? I don't, I don't, I'm not really sure what bread of shame is. But I'm also not really sure what putting mayonnaise in my coffee is or eating a banana with the peel included is. And 
it just seemed like it fit, right? We're talking about quarterback Will Levis for Kentucky being the weirdo that he is. And maybe maybe he's going to add bread of shame to his diet. I don't know. John Calipari was eating the bread of shame after uh, getting lit up by the fan base for calling out Mark Stoops. Touche, touche. You got Arkansas next at 19? Yeah, yeah. For Arkansas, I've got Unforgiven. Now, there's a point in, in this song that this line repeats four times in a row. No more raging innocence. And again, that line repeats, no more raging innocence, no more raging innocence, no more raging innocence. Now, what this has to do with Arkansas is this is this is year three for uh, for Sam Pittman at Arkansas. 2020, they were, you know, people were predicting them to be the worst power conference team in the country. You know, there's a lot of 0 and 10, maybe 1 and 9 predictions, you know, in that in that weird SEC only season. They exceed expectation. Last year, they exceed expectations, have a great year, you know, beat Texas, beat Texas A&M, almost beat Ole Miss, all, you know, play Alabama about as tough as, you know, any anybody, you know, outside of A&M did in, in the regular season. So, you know, they, they had a solid year. Well, this is really the first the first season under Sam Pittman where there's there's a lot of there's there's expectation. You know, they're a top 20 team in the preseason. The SEC West is kind of wide open behind Alabama. There's not a whole lot of you know, guaranteed money there. So there's a, there's, there's a, there's a little more pressure on old Sam Pittman to, to, to get her done this year. I think he's uh, he's lost his, his raging innocence, uh, so to speak uh, there. Yeah. Going to be interesting to see how he responds with a target on his back. They've kind of been under the radar the last couple of years, definitely losing a little bit of innocence. We'll see how he, he does from, from that perch for the next team, Wisconsin. I'm kind of going off the, the radar again. I'm going to go, in America. And this is a song about, you know, what's right, what's wrong. You know, we're in America. We're, we're supposed to kind of be getting along, but we're often fighting. But really, what is right and what is wrong? Well, for me, if watching a football game on a cloudy day in November, drinking cheese flavored beer while I wear red and white suspenders and jump around plays in the background at a place that sounds like it could be hosting a Boy Scout jamboree is wrong. I don't want to be right. I want to live in the America in which that is not just accepted, celebrated. So I'm going with in America for Wisconsin. I think that's a good pick as well, because I think Wisconsin fans have one MO when it comes to their football team. And that's one, no matter what happens, that they're kind of cool with it. You know, they're, they're like, yeah, you know, we went, we went eight and four, we went 10 and two, you know, that, that, that's cool. You know, whatever that, that record ends up being, but also no matter what happens as well, they're just going to get super, super drunk, whether it's for a good reason or a bad reason. So you're kind of getting to the same result, no matter, no matter what the actual on field result is for Wisconsin. So for my next song, my next theme is going to be Don't Stop Dancing, right? A song about uh, Scott Stapp singing to kids. Kids, keep dancing. Don't stop dancing. Just keep going. And it's a little, a little weird imagery because he's talking about hiding in the shadows, kind of watching from the shadows. And we're talking about kids dancing, watching from the shadows. I think it can only be one school, and that school's in Pennsylvania. Of course, I'm talking about the University of Pittsburgh. We think about Pat Narduzzi, coaching out of the spotlight really that's the only way that that joke could have gone there's no other way that that joke could have gone only the university of pittsburgh and we're gonna go don't stop dancing gotta gotta be careful talking about kids and shadows at uh at at major uh pennsylvania-based universities it's true number 16 miami a lot of noise around the u a lot of noise around mario cristobal's return tyler van dyke at quarterback 
a lot of buzz. And so I'm going with a thousand faces. Why? Because that's how many people will be watching their home games when they do those noon kickoffs. A thousand. <laughs> Plenty of good seats still available, KSD, if you want to hop on over. It's just a brisk 45-minute drive from university. Maybe an hour if you get caught in a little traffic. But like I said, plenty of seats still available, and you can be one of those thousand faces. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for um, I, I don't think they'll turn you away at the door. You can just walk walk right in. You know, any anybody and everybody's welcome. It's yeah, if you, if you can make it all the way out there, you can you can go to the game. I mean, that's a it's a it's a haul from really anything to get out there to a uh, to Hard Rock Stadium. All right, I'm, I'm back up here with number fifteen, Michigan State. Now, this one was quite possibly my easiest pick of uh of all of them i went with weathered which if uh if, if you know my my thoughts on michigan state athletics as uh, as voiced last week uh, this was a very simple a uh, simple pick but the song is all about being rusted and weathered you know barely holding together you know obviously michigan state football is the best bad weather team in the history of college football this is their ideal playing condition also i think rusted is probably how i would describe like the, the skin of every single Michigan state fan. Like they're, they're just in a constant state of rust and, and, and they, that's how they like it. They would not complain about it at all. Absolutely. That's a good pick. All right. Number, number 14, USC, um, you know, tre- trendy, trendy pick this year, buddy's back on the, the USC bandwagon. Um, I went with wash away those years and I think this should be pretty obvious because uh, Lincoln Riley comes into uh, to Los Angeles this year with pretty much one task and one goal here, and that's to wash away the uh, the last few years of Clay Helton. Which, yeah, we're not we're not good. I mean, I honestly can't remember a good thing that USC football did since the Rose Bowl against Penn State. What was that, 2016, something like that? That was that was pretty cool, but yeah, nothing since then. So trying to wash away the last about six years or so. Well, let's not undersell that time that they opened the season like a raging monster, uncaged animal against Alabama and then promptly lost by a thousand. That's a, don't, don't undersell that moment. That was a good moment. I mean, without that, that unbridled rage, they, they probably lost by 2000. So they also lost to like Oregon state at home last year in front of like 10 <laughs> people. That was, that was pretty cool too. And nine of them were Oregon state fans. So <laughs> Talking about washing away the years and talking about high expectations, I guess. Number 13. Uh, oh, no. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> uh-oh. 13, NC State. I, For me, NC State is really set up to have a fall-on-your-face type year. I know Wolfpack Nation right now, they're sharpening their torches and lighting their pitchforks. They're coming after me. But for me, for their Creed song, if NC State was a Creed song, I'm going to say – one last breath and think about the words of the song this is a guy kind of contemplating suicide right i'm i'm six feet from the edge and i'm thinking six feet ain't so far down he's thinking about jumping i just feel like this might be a few state fans don't do it don't do it i think this might be a few state fans at the end of the year I'm not sure I've ever heard a more accurate description of nc state fandom than that i mean really across all sports. I mean, I, I don't even, I, I, everybody knows, I don't need to run through, you know, the list of, of just wild things that have happened to their athletic program in the last, you know, about year, year and a half or so. But yeah, I mean, 
look, we've got something dangerous here. Really, one of the most dangerous things in college football, and that's NC State with expectations. Because <laughs> the, the thing about the thing about NC State is you get a lot of programs like them who, you know, are generally okay. You know, you're, you're talking, they normally win about, you know, at least you know, six or seven games. You know, a good year they win eight, a really good year they win nine. You know, most of them are like, yeah, that's cool. You know, we, we know that's about, you know, where, where we top out at. And, you know, and the expectations come and they're still like, you know, that's that's probably it. Well, well, NC State fans wholeheartedly believe every year that it, it you know, that the expectations are going to come to fruition. They've seen it so many times and yet they still fully, fully believe in it. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying I'm trying to be nice to to you, NC State fans and say, look, you know, maybe maybe let's let's take it easy. Because here's also the problem, Jason, have, have you? Have you looked at their schedule? They, 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 for their first four games, just for those of you who, who have not, and I don't blame you for doing this, who have not looked at the NC State football schedule, they open the season at ECU, which not an easy game, but a game they should still win nonetheless. Then they have Charleston Southern at home, Texas Tech at home, and UConn at home. So they're going to end September likely 4-0 going into the game at Clemson. So again, <laughs> Six feet from the ledge. If you're going to look at a point on the schedule where, where that where that's going to happen, look look around the first weekend of October. Yeah, and and it, to make it even worse, I, I, I'll really throw some gas on the fire in just one second. But I've seen a couple of people putting them in the college football playoff, really ramping up those expectations. But here's my prediction for the year. Like I said, I know NC State fans are sharpening their torches and lighting their pitchforks. What I'm about to say. I think they're this year's UNC sky high expectations, a couple of rogue playoff predictions, top 15, top 10 team that eventually falls on their face and, and really crashes to earth. I mean, if, if any, if history is any indication, that seems more likely than them winning the ACC. Exactly. Let's move ahead here to number 12, Oklahoma state. I actually, before, before I, uh, well, I'll start with the Creed song. My Creed song for Oklahoma State, and I feel like I got a lot of obvious ones here. I don't know how that shook out, it, it is Bullets. Now, in this the song Bullets, there's a repeated line, I think they shoot because they want it. Now, there's not a more just firing the gun because they want it type of fan base in collegiate athletics than the Oklahoma State Cowboys. I mean, they they definitely just, you know, shoot, shoot, shoot. Because why? Well, because I, I want it. Because well, I want to just shoot. So I, that, that's the entire reason for that. But I also want to point out, Jason, do you, do you know who Oklahoma State opens the season with? I forgot. They open with Central Michigan at home. Now, Uh-oh. why does that matter, you ask? Yep, yep, immediately mind goes right to it because that's who beat them on that game five or six years ago when when they tried to throw the ball out of bounds on fourth down and run out the clock. And there was an, an, an erroneous intentional grounding that gives the refs decided just gave Central Michigan the ball with like a, on time down and they score on, on a wild Hail Mary to win. I'm not really sure why you would do this to yourselves again, Oklahoma State, but um, – uh, good, good, good luck with that. Because uh, if anybody should know the uh, the danger of it, it's you. Yeah, very dangerous. You're, you're exactly right. And then shoot him up. Is there a better head coach for a shoot him up than Mike Gundy? I, I don't know. I also think Lee Corso has probably killed at least five people with the guns at game day. I know they say they put blanks in them, but remember, we're in Stillwater, Oklahoma. That definitely did not happen. That's true. There, there's no such that blanks are outlawed in, in Oklahoma. How about number eleven? Climbing the charts, we're almost to the top ten. And we have Oregon Ducks. With Oregon, I'm going to go with one of one of the hits, one of the, the the ones that you mentioned 
at the top of the show with arms wide open. Why? Because if we've learned anything, it's that the internet never lies. And the internet assured me that former Auburn quarterback, now current Oregon quarterback, Bo Nix has a child, he has a son, and he doesn't play Uh with him. And this is a song about, you know, welcoming your child into the world and being excited about it. Maybe, maybe finally, Bo Nix, now that he's out at Oregon, he can take some time and play with his son and he'll he'll welcome him with arms wide open. When, when do you think after the national championship game, like and, you know, after Bo Nix transfers to Oregon, when do you think like Kirby Smart you know, sits down at his desk in his office he goes, all right, who, who we got week one here? Oh, we got Oregon. <laughs> looks looks like, you know, starts looking at the, the film that's been sent on Oregon and goes, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> like, gotta play, <laughs> play that dude again. And it's, and Bo, Bo Nix might be, Bo Nix is one of my five favorite players in the country. He might be my favorite player in college football for, for this reason. I know I'm, I'm not breaking any news here, but Bo Nix gives you eight, eight wild plays a game. Four of them are good four of them are bad you have no idea when they're coming you you, know, you have no idea when the good ones are going to be or when the bad ones are going to be there's no rhyme or reason to at what point in the game this is going to occur but that's just going to happen there's going to be four just incredible bonix plays where you're like how did that work four incredibly stupid bonix plays where he i don't know maybe spikes the ball backwards or you know th- throws some what should be such an easy throw that is like a pick six or something like that. So, and you know this, Jason, the, the one thing that college football coaches and really just college coaches in general hate more than anything else is not being able to control an outcome. And I think that's why every SEC coach hated Bo Nix so much, not because he was some amazing quarterback, because, but because they knew when you play against him, you have absolutely zero control over what's going to happen on the field. I just want to know when, when did Kirby realize that like, oh, we, we, we did it. We did it boys. We, 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 we beat the curse 1980. Nobody ever talk about it again. We finally done it. And, oh, shit. We've got to play next week one. I actually think that game's dicey. I think, or I know they're Oregon's traveling across the country. I think the ducks have a chance in that game. It's going to, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not going to sit here and say that they're going to win outright, but I'm not going to fall out of my chair if they do. As crazy as it sounds, the reason they have a chance is because they have Bo Nix. I mean, <laughs> I mean they, they have the they have the ultimate wild card, especially when it comes to playing Georgia. Like Bo Nix is the ultimate guy to do something like this. So yeah, that's like the biggest thing they have going for them is that. All right, let's move on to, to num- number ten, Baylor. For Baylor, I chose "Sister" as the song "Sister" by Creed. Um, this song is about a, uh, a little girl who is often forgotten about, overlooked, not really thought about, you know, within her own family, within, you know, her, her circles. And the, the reason this is Baylor is because, Jason, how, how many schools do you, do you talk about in the state of Texas before you, you get to Baylor? I, you know what? I think there might even be some high schools that slip in there before <laughs> then. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely talking Texas. You're talking A&M, maybe TCU. Maybe we've already talked about Houston. They're they're in that mix. Yeah, I don't know. Sam Houston State's uh, won a national championship recently in football. You can talk about them. Houston yeah, Baptist. I, yeah, Houston Baptist. They got they got the stadium like in the CVS drive. That's right. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, there's some high schools might even have like a nicer stadium than Baylor, although Baylor didn't just build that new one. That, that is pretty nice. Um, Chip, I think Chip Gaines did all the planning for uh, and the blueprints for that. But right, um, right. 
but yeah, so <laughs> Baylor, and and uh, by the way, Baylor won the Big Twelve last year. So the forgotten <laughs> school of Texas, the forgotten school of Texas, is is currently probably the best football team in the state. Um, a and M, A and M fans, uh, don't uh, don't go post on text ags about me. Great stuff. Well, we're gonna stay in the Big Twelve for number nine, and that's Boomer Sooner, Oklahoma. I'm going with Torn now. Let's think about the offseason, right? It was shocking. It was, you know, just mind-blowing. The Lincoln-Riley breakup. And it, it kind of got ugly. And it really got ugly for Oklahoma fans. They just couldn't let it go. They were the jilted girlfriend. But listen to the lyrics to the song. Lies are what they tell me. Despise you that control me. They just couldn't get past the Lincoln-Riley thing. They were chirping at him he was blocking people on twitter all the time they were making memes of him the peace is dead in my soul i have blamed the reasons for my intentions poor so my advice to oklahoma fans we we love you guys we love you know the blue chip always being good just go ahead with the breakup sign up for bumble start swiping see if you can land some dates and let's just move on. Let's just, I know you're torn, like the Creed song says, but we got to move on. We got to, we got to get another boyfriend. I've never seen a fan base in really any sport react more in this way to a, to a coach leaving than Oklahoma fans. And again, I, I love Oklahoma fans as well. Y'all, y'all crack me up a lot, especially when you dunk on Texas, but like it is, <laughs> it is kind of wild the way, the way that you talk so much about, about Lincoln Riley. I mean, and, and they, they want to have it both ways too. They want to they want to talk about oh well Lincoln was was getting worse and you know he wasn't you know, he wasn't doing what he needed to do. But also they're just they're mad that he left at the same time. Like I don't know, man. I mean there, there's a lot of a lot of USC talk and of course the, the first I, I'm curious to see too that the first game that USC loses obviously they're going to dunk all over Lincoln Riley. But if if Brent Venables loses a game this season before Lincoln Riley does. Mm. Like, like, let's say, I don't know, maybe, maybe week three at Nebraska. Um, just, you know, just maybe, maybe thinking about one right there. Yeah, that's uh, Oklahoma Twitter is going to be a cesspool. <laughs> slash hilarious slash awesome. <laughs> For number eight, Michigan, I went with Away in Silence. Another one of their deep covers, I guess I should call, call it. Off season, you know, first of all, let's, let's think back to last year. Michigan beats Ohio State finally. They make the college football playoff. Sure, they lost, but seemed like they can't kind of get over the hump. And what does Jim Harbaugh do? He immediately throws his services to any NFL team that'll listen. So just listen to these lyrics. You walked away in silence. You walked away to breathe. Stopped and turned around to say goodbye to me. Don't give up on us. Don't give up on love. Don't do it, Jimmy. Don't give up on love. I want you to be buried at the 50-yard line in your khakis in Ann Arbor. I don't want you to break up. I want you to stay at Michigan forever. You're too much fun. You're too much fodder. Just just don't walk away in silence. Don't do it. I also don't think Jim Harbaugh knows how to, to walk away in silence because he always <laughs> has to have a thought or an opinion on everything, whether whether it even matters or, you know, is relevant to him or not. He always has to – you, you never doubt what he's thinking. You always know exactly what it is at all times. So I, I don't know if he's even capable of, of walking away in silence. So, um, so num- number seven, I, I have number seven, Utah. And this is a, a year of, of high expectation for the Utes. This actually, 
this is a rare year where I don't think this song still fits, but not necessarily this year. It's more of a, a program fit. I, I chose Faceless Man. And this song talks about, you know, standing against the faceless man, fighting the faceless man. And that pretty much sounds like playing Utah football most years, honestly. You're just getting absolutely pummeled and in and, and just a, a metal rock fight against a faceless man because Jason, outside, like this year, you got guys like like Cam Rising's a star, but how, how many Utah football players can you normally name? Yeah, not many. And uh, not to mention, uh, isn't there like a huge Polynesian community around there? That, that... Oh, yeah. They, yeah. They always got the Polynesian uh, defensive linemen, the big Samoan dudes, too. They got all, they got all those guys. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, I mean, no, playing Utah is normally just getting beat up by the faceless man because you don't know who any of these dudes are, but they're going to come kick your ass anyway. All right, well, we're all the way up to number six. Number six, Texas A&M. I'm going with the Creed song, Higher. Now, some of you may suspect when I'm talking about Higher that we're talking about star wide receiver Anaya Smith, who was arrested just a little over a month ago for a DWI and having marijuana in his car. But that would be lowbrow. That would be based comedy. That's below us. Like I said, we're podcasters with a capital P. Very, I know you guys can't see me out there in podcast land. I'm actually wearing a monocle right now. Very classy. With that being said, this is the exact reason that I chose it. We're going with higher with Texas A&M and all, all puns intended. Yeah, well, I, I like higher for A&M as well uh, because uh, there, there's no higher being in, in the world, in, in the cosmos, in the galaxy than, than Miss Rev. So that uh, that that works for uh, for A&M as well as she is uh, as she is the almighty, all powerful, the, uh, the, the the Lord of, uh, of, of all things. Um, also, I want to give a shout out to, uh, to Jay Arnold because we can't talk about Texas A&M and Creed in the same breath without mentioning former A&M defensive lineman and, and college football Twitter personality uh, Jay Arnold, who does the, the greatest Scott Stapp uh, impersonation uh, on, on planet Earth. <laughs> Jay Arnold singing, singing as Scott Stapp is more Scott Stapp than Scott Stapp as Scott Stapp, honestly. So, Jay Arnold, shout out to you just for uh, for, for being uh, – I, I, I would know at this point, I've listened to so much Creed in the last 24 hours, but Jay Arnold, you are, you are a man of many talents. I think I'm up next with number five, Notre Dame. Well, stop me if you've heard that before. Notre Dame is ranked highly in the preseason. Now, I went with Illusion here as my song for Notre Dame. And as you can guess, the song is about you know an illusion. It's, you know, am I really happy or is it all just an illusion, you know? I, I try to fool myself into believing things are going to get better, but but life goes on. Now, how, how does the, how does this all relate to Notre Dame football? Well, so again, Notre Dame is always ranked very highly, and for the most part, they you know are are pretty solid. You know, they they'll they'll win you know nine or ten games. You know, they don't normally have. They've had a couple. You know, they had a four and eight season recently. They had, but you know, for the most part, they're winning between eight and eleven games. You know, pretty much every year. But if you're another Dame, if, if you're another Dame fan who's like my age, like yeah, that's cool. You know, we we win. We're normally pretty good. We go to a lot of you know BCS New Year Six games. We pretty much always lose those, but we you know we go to a lot of them. But if you're another Dame fan who is you know probably above the age of 30, 35, you expect to win the national title every year because that's what Notre Dame you know football used to do. They used to win national titles way back when you know in in the stone ages of, of college football. So for, this is more directed at those fans, but is the idea of Notre Dame being able to win a national title in, in the year 
20, you know, 22 and beyond? Is it just an illusion? True. And they open up at the horseshoes. So the illusion could dissipate very quickly this year. Yeah, the, the, this year's not the year, and it has nothing to do with the talent on the team. It's because, yeah, you automatically lose all your margin for error when you go to Ohio State week one, and I don't see them getting through the remaining 11 unscathed, um, you know, with with the, the combination of having to play Clemson, you know, they have the, um, you know, and all their ACC games, plus you still got USC on the schedule, you know, so um, – yeah, uh, that's uh, that's not going to be uh, this not not a not a good year to us to open at Ohio State. Not that there ever is one. Right, taking the under, I guess, in their win total for the year. And and it it feels weird saying that because I'm also like you know number five is probably a fair ranking. I mean that's a pretty good team, but they won't finish there, and it has nothing to do with the quality of that team. They have been nicked up with injuries early too, so it's going to be it's going to be tough sledding already. So you're right. Is it an illusion? We'll, like I said, we'll probably find out quickly at week one. Number four, now we're getting into the if, if everything played out normally, these would be your four college football playoff teams. Number four, Clemson. I'm going with the Creed Classic, My Sacrifice. We think about Clemson last year. They had 10 wins. They kind of, and that's a falling off year. They were almost an afterthought. DJ Wingle's play was subpar at best and that's probably being generous but you know who's lurking right around the corner mr fedora himself Dabo swinney the gritty champion so my sacrifice hello my friend we meet again it's been a while where should we begin feels like forever i just want to say hello again i think Dabo's ready to say hello again can he do it it remains to be seen remains to be seen if dju can you know, have a great year if he's going to be replaced by Cade Klubnik. They also lost some coordinators. Obviously, you mentioned Venables, and they lost their offensive coordinators. But I know Dabo's ready to get that screen time, ready to get that drip on, as he calls it. And hello, my friend, let's meet again. Let's meet again in the playoffs. I think that's what Dabo's telling us. Dabo's also making a major sacrifice uh, for the second year in a row as well because uh, he did say that he was going to stop coaching college football if players could be paid. So, um, again – but sacrificing his personal beliefs and convictions for the greater good of, uh, of trying to win ball games for little old Clemson. Yeah. He's really, he's really grinding it out. He's, he's swimming upstream going against all odds. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, number three, Georgia, I went with the Creed song ode and this one, again, this is probably one of their lesser known ones. And, you know, so I'll give some of the lyrics here to, 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 understand why I picked this one, but this is about, um, you know, it, you, it talks about one step on your own and you walk all over me, one head in the clouds, you won't let go, you're too proud, one light to the blind and they see. Now, what, what does this, what does this sound, um, sound, sound like, sound like to me that this, this sounds like a breakthrough? Well, it sounds like a breakthrough. It sounds like, all right, you know, I, I don't want to let go. I, I did head in the clouds, won't let go, you're too proud. Well, Georgia fans are pretty damn proud of what happened last year as they should be. They won the <laughs> national championship. But for, again, for the first time since 1980, you finally did it. It's not like, you know, you, you didn't have a bazillion chances and kept squandering them. But um, so what does, uh, what does Kirby do for an encore? Cause um, see, cause he, Georgia should be taking now, obviously they're, they're better than 2020 LSU. That's not, this is not to say team quality is the same, but sort of the 2020 LSU approach of, 
well, hell, it's just a victory lap. You know, we, we you know, we had a, we want, we, we did it. We had a great team. We, we won it. You know, if, if we lose a couple games, that's all right. You know, we'll, we'll regroup. It's a victory lap. But knowing knowing Georgia fans and knowing how they uh, tend to see these kind of things, plus the number three ranking doesn't help, plus bringing back Stetson Bennett, plus bringing back some some guys on defense, even though they lost a lot of NFL talent. When uh, you know, if they if they drop that game to Oregon, or if they you know lose uh, lose one, you know, in in kind of early SEC play. I know they play Auburn early, weirdly kind of early this year, if I, if I recall right. I have to look at their schedule. You know, if they, they lose a weird one, let's say, at South Carolina, which I believe is also – actually, I think that might be at home, but the South Carolina game is also early. That's another, uh, you know, feisty one. They're not going to let go of the idea of, you know, we need to be right back in the playoff, right back where we were, even though, hey, you got it done last year. That's awesome. <laughs> Maybe be happy about that. So that, that that's why I pick I picked this one for Georgia. Yeah, and the funny thing is, is I feel like Georgia might be one of the most overlooked national champions of all time. I, I know they, I know they, they're number three, and I know they have good, you know, Vegas odds, but I really people just feel like they're looking at the top two teams, Alabama and Ohio State, and Georgia's. I don't want to say an afterthought, but you're exactly right. Georgia fans don't think that, but I just mean as the general, you know, big picture. I think I think that ha- I think that 100 has to do with Stetson Bennett. Total theory on this is that everybody realizes that Stetson Bennett isn't you know necessarily going to win you games. He's not going to lose you games, but he's not going to be you know like a Heisman contender at quarterback. And I think everybody just sees the losses on defense and just like oh well you know they, they still have Stetson Bennett. They lost some defense, which yeah they could they can definitely do it again this year. But you know maybe Georgia fans um you know let's. If, if they don't, it's, it's okay. But I will say, I'm not. I'm not going to bet against Stetson Bennett as long as Stetson Bennett's still chewing long cut Shaw on the sidelines. I'm not betting against him. <laughs> I totally agree with your the the Stetson Bennett effect. I think that's what we're going to have to call it. We're going to have to copyright that trademark it. Boom. So as I mentioned, the top two teams. We'll go with number two, Ohio State. I'm going with what if, and just a little bit of the lyrics here. Feel like I've been beaten down by the words of men who have no grounds. What if I avenge? What if I for an eye? So we, we've already alluded to it with Michigan. Michigan really handed it to Ohio State last year. And that didn't sit well with the Buckeyes. Sure, they won 10 games, but they didn't win the Big Ten. And they didn't play in the you know college football playoff or for a national championship. And Ryan Day, the rosy-cheeked wonder, he is ready for revenge. He's ready to avenge that loss. He's ready for an eye for an eye. And I, I, I'm thinking if he, they get the Wolverines in the horseshoe this year, if he can drop a hundo on them, he will. And, if, you know, it'll be the old Woody Hayes, why'd you go for two? Because I couldn't go for three. I think, I think he's ready to run up the score. I think he's ready to beat them badly. So I'm going with what if for Ohio State. I also think, uh, you know, the eye for an eye thing plays with Ohio State fans because – I think Ohio State fans are one of the the fan bases that like some of them probably actually have like literal human or animal eyes just like in their house somewhere. So <laughs> I, I I think that that fits for uh, for that as well. So we finally we finally made it through uh, through the Creed countdown here to to number one Alabama. Number one Alabama gets "Never Die" as their song now. This song is about your youth that will never die. You know, you let the children play inside your heart always and death you will defy because your youth will never die. You know, it's all about this idea of you know, never wanting to grow old, you know, the, the, the passage of time and, and things of that nature. Now, 
Nick Saban's already pretty old, but that man will literally never die because he's not of this earth. He is like some sort of cyborg. He is not a human. He literally will never die. I know he's old. He doesn't look it. So as long as Nick Saban's still around, just pencil in Alabama for the playoff. I haven't even looked at their schedule. I know they play Texas, but who cares? Um, I know, you know they, they, they have their SEC West schedule, but, I mean, come on. I mean, do you really think A&M is going to beat them again, especially after what Jimbo said this year? Like, do you really – I mean, Lane Kiffin will probably give Nick Fitz like he always does, but Bama will probably score 85 and give up like, I don't know, maybe 60 and still win that game as well. Like, just pencil him into the playoff because Nick Saban will never die, and as long as Nick Saban never dies, you could just go ahead and pencil, pencil Alabama in uh, in the Final Four every year. I think you can pin him in. I don't even th- – I think we can skip the pencil, go straight to the pin, ballpoint. Going to go ahead and go with the Seth Davis Sharpie? Well, I, I'm always gun shy about that after he sharpied Virginia after the tip off against uh, UMBC. So, yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pin Alabama in for the playoffs. You're absolutely right; they're gonna have a juggernaut team again. I don't see them missing the playoffs. But what a night! What a historic event! Top 25 teams, if they were Creed songs, we couldn't have done it without you, the fans, the Creed fans out there posting lyrics and stuff because we had no idea what these songs were other than the few hits as ksd mentioned early on but i like i said i'm sure somewhere scott staff is is proud and just really a historic event i think everyone's going to remember where they're at when they heard this but if you enjoy this podcast and all these shenanigans please give us a like subscribe leave us a review hopefully it's five stars And make sure you follow me on Twitter at pipeline underscore. Make sure you follow KSD on Twitter at pregame empire. And we'll see you guys next time on the pipeline award-winning podcast.